Welcome to week two of the future you. The question we're asking is, who are you becoming? It's a big question, and so let me ask some questions beneath that question. Number one, do you know, do you have a, a vision, a vivid vision for who you want to be? Three months from now, a year from now, how about five years from now? Do you know who you want to be? Second question is this, are you heading in the right direction? How's your trajectory? Some of you are like, no, I need to do a 180. That's why I'm here. And I would say, perfect. We're so glad you're here. You're in the right place. Imperfect people pursuing a perfect God together. Others of us need to just make a, a little bit of course correction. You ever get in a, in a plane and it takes off and then it starts turning like almost immediately? It's because in the, be the beginning of the flight, that's the best time to line up with the destination that you're trying to get to. It would be kind of strange if two hours into a four-hour flight, the pilot took like a 90-degree turn to the left, you know? Like, what, have we just been going in the wrong direction this entire time? January is the best time to course correct for your year. That's what we're up to in this series. And the final question is, um, so do you have a vision for your future? Do you like the trajectory that you're heading? The final question is, have you invited God into the conversation? We wanna help you do that. Gonna get really, really practical to today because God has a plan and a purpose for your life. There is a future you that you are in the process of becoming. We wanna help you take steps in the right direction. It's like this, let's get really, really practical with a little exercise. Wherever you're at watching this, ladies at God Behind Bars, if you're listening to this later, everyone close your eyes. Unless you're driving right now, don't close your eyes. Close your eyes and imagine the future you. Who do you wanna be? Start three months from now, then go a year, then go five years from now. By the way, uh, don't hold back with this vision. God-sized dream for you five years from now. We tend to overestimate what we can do in one year, but we severely underestimate what God will do through us in five years if we'll stay consistent. So some of you need permission right now to make your God-sized dream a little more God-sized. Who do you want to be five years from now? All right, you can open your eyes. That is what we're going to call the future you, the, the person that we want to become, the future you. Now, the question, the next question is, and just be honest, where are you right now? right, because that is who you currently are. This series is about how to get from here to there. The game is the gap. Trying to, to get from where we are now to where God wants us to be, and if that feels overwhelming or intimidating to you, I've got good news. We are not the first people to feel overwhelmed by this mission. Scripture is packed full of men and women facing a similar problem. My, my favorite example of this is gonna be our passage today, Acts chapter two, verses 42 through 47, if you have your Bibles. Um, if you're new to, to scripture, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are the story of Jesus. And, and then Acts is like a, a sequel to, to the Gospels, where we get to find out what the disciples do after the death, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus. So, so Jesus brings them all together, and he goes, I know you're here, but um, here's the, the commission I want you to take this message all the way to the ends of the earth. And, and imagine like Peter going, like a few weeks ago, I denied Jesus to a middle school girl three times because I was that scared. Like, I'm not ready for this. Matthew's like, I was just a tax collector. 
Some people still don't like me. I'm not ready for this, but Jesus gives them a vision of the future church, and they go, okay, here's where we're at now. Now, how are we going to get there? Acts 2, 42 through 47 gives us a snapshot into their strategy. And so we're gonna break it down line by line together. Acts 2, verse 42, starts by saying this. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. So notice first there's an element of coming together and teaching like we're doing now. Then there's an element of fellowship and breaking bread together, which is Bible talk for eating meals together, spending time together. By the way, that's why we do this every Sunday. It's also why February 5th is so important that you also get in a group because the, the design from the beginning is meet together and then go to houses and, and share meals and talk through life together. And then it says they devoted themselves to prayer. Underline that word prayer. We're gonna come back to it. Let's go to verse 43. Awe came upon every soul. Many wonders and signs. I love the language in the sentence. Many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. All who believed were together and had all things in common. Awe and wonder. Some of you are in the middle of a, what we call a soul fast, where you're putting down social media or you're putting down screens. Um, and I've had this conversation several times this week with people who are doing that. Um, Almost having withdrawals, like uh, dopamine is a real thing. And a dopamine detox, especially on the first week, is not easy, right? It, it literally feels like you're, you're moving away from a, a drug that you're addicted to. So maybe you've had a, a hard first week. Let me tell you what's gonna start to happen this week. If you keep going, you're gonna go for a walk and you're actually gonna notice the flowers to your right and all the colors of the flowers. And then you're actually gonna hear the birds singing to you. And creation is actually going to start pointing you to the creator. And what's gonna happen is awe and wonder is going to start coming back into your life. It's always been there. Uh, we just gloss over it with a, a whole bunch of screen time. And so you keep going on this soul fast and you watch. That's, that awe and wonder, that's what the disciples were experiencing in the beginning, right? I wanna get back, man, I wanna get back to that. I'm in the process and the journey of getting back to that. Let's do that together. Keep going. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. We stand up here every week and say we're trying to build a generous generation. That wasn't our idea. This is the Bible. This is scripture. By the way, none of this is our idea. We're just taking what we see in the Bible and, and trying to move forward. Generosity was at the heart of the early church. Next verse. Get this, day by day, underline that phrase, day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes. So notice there's an element of temple and there's an element of table, element of temple, element of table. Like Doug said a few minutes ago, maybe some of your next step is to step up and lead a group so we can create more space at more tables for more people to get the table aspect of it. Breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And then here we go, final verse. And, and the Lord added to their number, here it is again, day 
by day those who were being saved. So it struck me this week that the disciples were here, about 120 people in an upper room, and they know they want to get there. How did they do it? Day by day, step by step, hour by hour, minute by minute, breath by breath. And so what I want to do today is I want to, to zoom in on a single day. Because if the answer to get from where we are to where we want to be is, is day by day, then we should probably talk about a 24-hour period. Like what if we talked, what if we just talked about how to crush 24 hours? And I, I gave you some good biblical principles that allowed you to design one day, your Monday tomorrow. And then you, you, you get that and then you move on to the next day and the next day and the next day. So that's where we're going. I titled this message, Win the Day. Let's not get too ahead of ourselves. Let's not think about Wednesday yet. Let's just win today. And here's the thesis of my sermon, Win Today, that day by day, godly decisions actualize God-sized dreams. Say that again. Day by day, godly decisions actualize. That's too fancy of a word. I just, in the coffee shop yesterday, I couldn't think of a better one actualize, bring about the God-sized dreams in your heart. Some of you got the God-sized dreams, and now God's going, it's time to get some godly decisions in your life. Others of you are crushing the godly decisions, and now God's going, it's time to start dreaming again. But when we put the two together, God starts to work in our life. So let's get practical, 24-hour period, day by day. We ready? All right, just break this down, morning day, evening, simple, starting with the morning. Here's what I'll say, point number one, start from strength. This is really, really important about your morning routine, start from strength. Anybody else struggle in the morning? Anybody have a messy mind in the morning? Anyone feel, to use another fancy phrase, cognitive dissonance in the morning? Man, I wanna trust in the Lord like we sang about yesterday, but I'm already worried about that meeting I have tomorrow. I know God has good plans for my life. I also just know I'm gonna mess it up. It's like a, a tug of war between worship and worry. And, and so here's the deal. This is an age old problem. And how we solve an age-old problem is not with my opinion. How we solve it is going back to the master, to the rabbi, to Jesus himself. Because in Mark 1, we get a snapshot into Jesus' morning routine. Here's what he did. Mark 1 and verse 35 says this. And rising very early in the what? While it was still dark. Easier to do this time of year. He departed and went out to a desolate place where he prayed. So now you're going, Brian, I, my mornings are crazy. You don't understand. I've got kids. I've got a business to run. Okay, but this is the, the savior of the world. Everybody needed to talk to him all of the time. What did he do? He set his alarm clock early. He gets away to a desolate place and he gets alone with his father and he prays. Now, there are a hundred different hacks to having a successful morning and we'll continue to talk about them over the years. It's like Doug and I's favorite subject. Like, like drink some water. 
preferably with some, with some pink Himalayan salt in it, a little bit of lemon. Uh, get out in the morning light. Get that circadian rhythm going, the rhythm that God gave your body to, to say, hey, when I see the morning light, I start to wake up, and then when the sun goes down, I start to... Some of us, especially if you work from home, the world's set up in a way where you really don't have to go outside until like noon if you don't want to. But then midnight rolls around and you just wanna go to sleep, but you wonder why you're so wired, why you're wide awake. It's because you didn't get out in the morning light until noon. And let, can we be real in church? When midnight rolls around and you're still wide awake, it's about the time that vice that you're trying to give up starts to look very appealing, right? Whatever your drug of choice is, pills, porn, midnight pasta, whatever it is, it starts to look a lot more appealing. And so, so we, gotta, we gotta win the day by getting out in the morning light. Being active in the morning is going to help our night. I say all that to say this. We could talk about morning routine stuff all day. If you don't hear anything else I, I, I say today, here's what I want you to take away. Here's what I mean by start from strength. If tomorrow you set your alarm 15 minutes early, you hit that snooze button two less times, you go to your chair or wherever you like to pray, you open your Bible. If you don't have one, we have one for you. If all of this is brand new to you, we have a 35-day starter pack that'll help you for the first 35 days. Get through that, then come find me in the lobby. I'll set you up for another year. You do that tomorrow, and you sit down, and you start allowing the word of God, the promises of God to speak over your life. Man, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, Romans 8.1. We have been adopted. I am a son. I am a daughter. The Lord is my shepherd. I don't have to lack anything. Romans 8, 28, he's somehow working all of this together for my good. I'm now more than a conqueror through him who gives me strength. You do that, your day is a raging success. You win the day. It's the cheat code. 15 minutes in the morning, because here's the deal. You are created in the image of a relational God. God wants to have a relationship with you. This isn't religion that we're doing around here. This isn't, here's a bunch of things that you have to do to appease this almighty God. I'm already bored. This is the creator of the universe is a relational being who loves you, who wants to spend time with you. Well, I don't know how to do that. We've got so many resources to help, but if you just show up, I'm telling you, 15 minutes in the day, in the morning, that's how you start from strength. For bonus points, before you touch your phone. My alarm clock's on my phone. Buy an alarm clock. I did five years ago, best $12 I've ever spent, and I'm not kidding. Because here's, here's my thing, I'll, I'll be honest. I, uh, have one of the things that keeps me from God sometimes is approval addiction. Approval addiction is a real thing in my life. I want other people to approve of me. And I've done so much work for it and I've found so much freedom and God set me free in so many ways, but I still have guardrails up because I still know myself. 
right? And, and I know that if I go to my phone before I go to the word of God, what I'm, what's gonna go through my mind is, well, I'll just text them back real quick. And then I'll get that out of the way and then I'll be able to focus on my time with God. But then I text one person and I think, well, if they know that I texted them but not them, then they're gonna be upset, so I'm gonna text this person back. But then by the time I do that, this other person is texting me back, so I respond to them. And before you know it, I'm answering emails. And I'm like, where did the time go? You wanna win the day? Before you look at your phone, 15 minutes with God. Sit down, open the word of God and spend time. Say, say, say this, um, God, today it's not my kingdom come and my will be done, it's your kingdom come, your will be done. That's how we start from strength. Now here's the really good news. If you can lock that in, the rest of the day is pretty easy. You lock that in in the morning, here's the, the step for the rest of the day. Number two, pray and obey. Now, some of you out in the lobby are rolling your eyes right now. Pray and obey. We showed up to, we walked through this ridiculous parking lot to hear pray and obey. They don't even have donuts for us today, this stupid fast. What are we talking about, pray and obey? Yes. Years ago, I uh, was doing mission work in Costa Rica and this guy showed up who's a uh, uh, been a missionary his entire life. One of those guys where wherever he goes, God just works. God's always on the move. And he tells us stories all weekend about blind eyes being opened and about healing happening and about salvation and about all of these revivals. And it's just this amazing weekend. And I'm sitting there, I'm 18 at the time, I'm scribbling notes and I'm going, Steve, tell me the secret sauce. Tell me how you did it. And he gets to the end of, his, of the weekend and he goes, my wife and I, here's our secret. We pray and then we obey. And I, don't, I go, no, Steve, I know that, I got that, but give me something good. He goes, yeah, no, um, I think Christians love to talk about calling, but um, I think there's a reason we don't talk about obedience very much. And I, I think you actually know what God wants your next step to be oftentimes, as big or small as it may be. We just have a hard time actually obeying. I'll explain it like this. You guys ever played fishbowl? If you haven't, it's a game night game. You get lots of people to, together. It's kind of like catchphrase meets charades, right? So you put a bunch of uh, nouns in a, in a fishbowl and then in the first round, it's catchphrase. So the person is, who's up reads it and, and has to explain to their team what it is without saying the word. And then in the second round, you read the word and you have to act it out and your team has to try to guess what it is. Now, if we ever played play fishbowl together, I need you to know three things. Number one, round number one, I'm pretty good. Words have come naturally to me most of my Life and so I can talk my way around words. I'll get us some points. I'm not like an expert by any means, but I'll, I'll hold my own. Here's the second thing you need to know about me. I am the world's worst actor. <laughs> the world's worst actor. I meant to learn how to act and then I forgot. My mind just doesn't work that way. And so in round number two, I'm absolutely terrible. Which means the third thing you need to know about me is this. When round number two comes around and it's my turn, I will cheat. 
Oh, come on. Raise your hand if you've never cheated at a board game before. I'm going to cheat. I'm going to do it. Here's, here's my strategy. I'll tell you. I'm going to walk up to the bowl, and I'm going to pretend, even though I've played this game lots of times, I'm going to pretend like I've never played it before. And so I'll, I'll walk up, and I'll go, um, so round two, I, I can't say any words at all. Now, what I'm trying to do in that moment is I'm looking for the explainer. In every group, there's someone who loves to explain the rules. Raise your hand if you're the explainer. Explainers, we love you. You explain the world to us. Thank you for being an explainer. I love explainers, especially when I'm trying to cheat, because when I ask that question, every eye goes to the explainer. And they go, yeah, right, so remember, round number one, you could use your words, but now it's round two, and so you have to act it out without using words. And I go, but that, that seems like really hard. What if I'm not able to do this? And then the explainer goes, yeah, I know. That's why I told you a few minutes ago that it's really important that you pay attention in round number one because round number two, those words are gonna come right back around. And then I go, yeah, but what if I like accidentally say something? And the explainer goes, yeah, if you accidentally say something, then you're disqualified from that point and you have to put it back in the fishbowl and you're gonna waste a whole bunch of time. So make sure you don't say anything. But meanwhile, I've just been reading all the words. And I've been separating them into two different piles. Pick and don't pick. Because some of them are like, Brad Pitt. How is the world's worst actor supposed to act out the world's best actor? I can't do that. I see it and I go, whoop. But then others are like, Fenway Park. And I go, I can act out baseball, I got that. Right? And so the explainer keeps explaining their thing until I have a pile and I see like swimming pool and I go, oh, okay, thanks for explaining. I think I got it. Start the clock. Let's do this thing. <laughs> right? I'll do it. Every time, man, I'll do it. I think some of us approach prayer the way I play fishbowl. God, I want to be a vessel in your hands. Call me, Lord. Send me, God. I'll go. Let's go change the world together. Go to counseling and work through the unforgiveness I feel towards my parents. <laughs> oh, Lord. Give me the nations. Change the world. It starts with me. I'm a pen. You are the author. Write your love story to the world through my life. That habit is now an addiction. I probably need to confess and maybe get some help. I think there's a reason we love talking about calling but hate talking about obedience. Calling is game night when the cards are being dealt. You know that excitement, the anticipation? I wonder what my, my, my cards are going to be. Obedience is the decision to take the hand that you've been dealt and play it to the best of your ability. You pray and then you go, okay, God, no matter how small that step may feel or scary that step may feel, I'm gonna go. I'm going to take the step because day by day, godly decisions actualize God-sized dreams. I feel like right now in this room, people watching online, ladies at God Behind Bars, everybody out in the lobby, I, I feel like there are some things that are starting to rise up in your soul right now 
that, that like a next step that God is inviting you into. And just watch, just watch how quickly we are to pull out our phone. I think that's why we're addicted to dopamine. I'm just gonna distract myself so I don't have to actually obey. I think that's why we're addicted to outrage. Oh God, you're calling us, you're calling me to take a step forward. Can you believe those? Fill in the blank with, with whatever political party you disagree with. They're the problem. The world's falling apart. Outrage keeps us, it's a convenient excuse to keep us from actually obeying the still small voice that's saying, hey, but as for you and your house, here's the next step that I want you to take. Doug and I were, were talking with Sean uh, last week. He's preaching a similar sermon to this in Denver, and so the three of us were just workshopping, and he goes, here's what I'm gonna say. Like, like some of you feel like God's calling you to just be a better friend. Okay, so let's get really practical. What if you made a list of your people and then you committed every single day two minutes to send a text of encouragement and tell that person why you love them so much? Yeah. Just work your way through the list and when you get to the bottom, start back at the top. And Sean was saying, he goes, hey, listen, if you can do that 75% of the days, that's 275 texts that you'll send in the next year, day by day. Godly decisions actualize God-sized dreams. I said, I love that. And then he goes, hey, I'm gonna tell husbands. Sean goes, I'm gonna tell husbands every day, what if you got home and you said to your wife, I love you because. The because is what forces you to now come up with, not for, forces is the wrong word, invites you. <laughs> I know nothing, Nehemiah. Invites you to come up with another thing that you love about your wife. Do that 75% of the days, that's 275 reasons why you love your spouse. I said, yeah, Sean, that's good. You do that one, I'm gonna do the friend one. <laughs> Steady obedience in the same direction. Pray and obey. Pray and obey. And then finally, let's talk about your evenings. The last thing I'll say, well, let me say this. Evenings for me, historically, are the most difficult part of winning the day. I'll talk about morning routine all day. Crush it. By the time evening rolls around, I'm tired. And I know, I know what's good for me. Like, Ryan, go for a walk, eat something healthy, read a book that you love, say a couple of prayers, get to bed early with no screen time for a few hours before you, you fall asleep. I know, I know what's good. I know how to win the day. Man, you get home from work and pizza and a few episodes and scrolling mindlessly through social media just sounds a whole lot better. Now, before I go any further, is there anything wrong with pizza? No, I love it. It's a gift from God in 15 days from now. I'm eating it. Hey, but a good thing can become an ultimate thing real quick. Is watching a show a bad thing? Depends on the show, but put that aside. A good story that inspires? I love stories. It's one of my favorite things in the world. I think that's a good thing, but a good thing can become an ultimate thing real quick. 
go through that with everything as a glass of wine, uh, a good or a bad thing, right? Something that, that you should avoid. There are some people in this room who have just decided for, for them personally, no, I need to stay away from that completely. And they're some of the most godly people that I know. Okay, but for the rest of us, I would say having a drink can be an amazing gift with your friends or with your family. But hey, a good thing can become an ultimate thing real quick, right? So we gotta work on our evening routine, man, because that's usually the point where it's like my day, I'm winning, I'm winning, I'm winning, I'm winning, and then it falls apart. So here's a biblical principle for you that's gonna help. In Hebraic thought, the day doesn't actually start at midnight. The new day doesn't even start when the sun comes up the next day. The new day actually begins when the sun sets. So I have a good friend who's a, a Jewish rabbi, and I know on Friday afternoon, if I need to call him for something, that I have to look outside and look where the sun is at in the sky. Because if it's about to set or if it has set, his phone is now turned off for his Sabbath for 24 hours and I'm not going to be able to reach him because his Sabbath begins when the sun goes down on Friday evening. Does that make sense? So here's the principle. Begin at the end. I think one of the reasons why we struggle, why I struggle with evenings is because it just feels like throwaway. You know, like it's a couple hours, I'll get started again tomorrow morning. What if we flipped it and said, hey, when the sun goes down, that's when game time begins for me. And so now my evening isn't just time to, to numb and to run away. Evening is time to, to press in and be healthy because I wanna set myself up for tomorrow. I was talking to my counselor this week about it and, and he said, it's almost like the line is take care of your future self. Put a glass of water out for your future self. Get to bed early for your future self. In a world that screams at us, worry about that tomorrow, what if we started beginning our new day when the sun goes down? I have a conversation with a different um, young person every single week in the lobby. Different person every week, same conversation. Somewhere along the lines of, hey, I'm trying to get my life in order, but my friends just always wanna go out and stay out super late, and I know it's not good for me, but I can't stop. What if this week you tried this line? And so you're at dinner, you're hanging out with them, but then they are all heading out to Sixth Street, and you go, you know what, the sun just went down, which means my new day just began, and I don't wanna start my new day with six hours on Sixth Street, I'd rather start from strength and get myself set up. Hey, if your friends don't understand that or don't get that or don't like that, if the extent of the depth of your friendship are nights out, it's not a very deep friendship. There's other people in this world, there's other friends in this world. It's not that you have to be self-righteous about it or anything, but the real friends will hear that and go, hey, that's awesome cheering for you. Let me know how I can help. I got your back. Just begin at the end and watch what happens. You want to win the day, start from strength. 15 minutes every morning before you have your phone. The phone, by the way, I see it like a shovel. It's a tool, a powerful tool that helps. But only in the right context. 
See, because a, a shovel during the day can help you get your work done. A shovel first thing in the morning just digs yourself into a deeper and deeper and deeper hole. And so what if instead of your phone having you, you said, no, for the next 14 days, I'm gonna have a phone. I get to call the shots. And that means for the first 15 minutes, I don't touch it. Start from strength. Get alone with God. I say this all the time, hear God's truth about you before you start listening to other people's opinions about you. Pray, devote yourself to prayer like the apostles did, like the early church did, and listen. And then when you feel that still small voice, oftentimes, by the way, uh, inviting you to let go of something that's been causing a lot of stress in your life, Obey it. Day by day, just try to pray and obey. And then flip the narrative in, in your mind and begin your day when the sun goes down. You start doing that, you start day stacking that, I'm telling you, the ceiling's off for what God will do in and through your life. Why? Because day by day, godly decisions actualize God-sized dreams. So you guys stand up to your feet with me? I'll end here. I, every era of the church has its own unique set of challenges that it has to face. One of ours is that we now live in a very fast world. Remember ordering something and it said, it'll be there in four to six weeks. First off, that's forever. Second of all, is it four or is it six? You know, like what if I stood up here and said, hey, we're gonna fast for four to six weeks. You'd be like, which one is it? I need a light at the end of the tunnel. Hey, I ordered something on Thursday and it said, if you order in the next hour, it'll show up today. And I was like, how? Well, no, like you can have the night. I don't need it like that. You guys okay over there, Amazon? Take a breath. Remember waiting a week for the next episode in your show? Hey, now the credits roll and Netflix goes, next episode starts in 10, nine, eight. Hey, most of us can't even get through it. We're grabbing the remote like, fill the empty space. <laughs> we used to write letters to each other. Now you can FaceTime with somebody on the other side of the world. FaceTime with them, it's like you're with them. Here's the problem. It freezes and we get so frustrated, we wanna throw that thing through the ground. Here's what happened. As the world kept getting more efficient, we didn't say, hey, thanks for the efficiency. Now I have more quality time to spend with my family. No, we said, thanks for the efficiency. Let's make it faster. And so we're actually just becoming less patient as we go. Now here's why this is such a problem. Spiritual formation, becoming more like Jesus, allowing God to transform your life takes time. It just does. Think about how Jesus used to speak. He didn't talk about switches. Hey, yeah, you just flip that switch and then you won't be anxious anymore. Need healing? Just flip that switch over there. Financial freedom? Now Jesus said it's like a seed that you place in the ground. You work on the soil, you 
till the soil until it's good. You water it and you give it sunlight. You watch over it as it grows deep roots in the ground. And then when it's ready, it begins to, to sprout up and eventually it begins to bear fruit. That's how this journey works. It's not flip the switch and you're good. It's day by day, by day, by day, by day. But here's the really good news. If we, as a, a people, can keep meeting together like this and reminding ourselves that culture may tell us to look for the quick fix, but we're gonna play the long game, we're gonna stay rooted and take this thing day by day, then you just watch what God will do in this place by this time next year. Hey, 120 believers in the upper room 2,000 years ago. Then it was 3,000, then it was 10,000, then it was 100,000, now it's 2.2 billion. Why? Because when we surrender to what the Spirit wants to do and then we get real about steady consistency in the right direction, winning the day, winning the hour, winning the minute, winning every breath we take, then revival may not be a big enough word to describe what will happen in the city of Austin. That's what I want for you. That's what I want for us. That's what I see for our church in 2023. And so whatever that means for you, bow your head right now. And I just wanna pray a prayer of blessing over you. Father, we don't always see it and we don't always know what to say. But Lord, we trust right now that our job is to surrender and get out of the way. And so we meet together today once again to declare from the depths of our soul that you are the way maker, that you are the one who is in control, that this is your church and that you're just getting started in our lives. So would you teach us today to start from strength, to pray and obey, to begin at the end and win today, win tomorrow, win Tuesday, win our week and allow your spirit to do something amazing that we couldn't even believe if you told us in this city, in Jesus' name, somebody say amen. Red Rocks Church, let's worship.